Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with Why. I am here with Allison McGuire and Lord knows what we're getting into today, but it sounds something about me. I'm not really sure. So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Allison, thank you so much for coming to us live from the ocean and talking about, it sounds like maybe me, I'm not sure. So thanks again for being here this week. I love it. I mean, getting to chat with you while I'm at the ocean is fantastic. (laughs) Who wouldn't love that? So I guess just to jump right into it today, I think, I always think your gifts are so magical and I love hearing about what you do, how you do it, what things are intriguing to you, because I feel like you have access to so much information and downloads and just knowledge and wisdom that are really powerful. So I'm just curious when you are kind of looking at your next steps, you know, you've kind of been through a journey of, of growing all of your gifts. What do you see your next sort of chapter looking like? Like, what do you want to focus on? What do you want to be doing? I know you have these retreats that are coming up and that's somewhat of a newer thing. Like, where are you going? I enjoy working with women very much. I enjoy working with women who are super like successful in so many things, but then just lack, I guess, the tools to kind of round out themselves in happiness and joy and contentment. Like when you're asking me that question, the island really comes into focus as to like, how am I going to use this to empower women, to empower young girls, to empower people? Because I think that the majority of our issues today is not so much that we need to learn anything, but I feel like it has a lot to do with unlearning things and stripping away the noise in our head that um, society and our parents have dumped on us. And if we can just find the tools, because of my work, I did an entire series on like avoidant attachment and, you know, anxious attachment and programming and how all of these things create us into the person that we think that we are and that it's just the way that it is. But then when we start applying language to it, it really starts to fall away. So like, I know like a lot of the information that I put out on TikTok, for example, and I could put that exact same information out on like Instagram and Facebook. And it's like the people on Instagram and Facebook have never heard it before. It's like a Mm -hmm. new concept to them. And so I know that there is a lack of information. There's a lack of tools. And so I would like to see bringing together, bridging the gap between, I guess, secular society. I think that's the word, like just normal people who aren't in the spiritual community and kind of introducing them to topics that maybe they haven't been privy to in the past. Maybe they're just used to work, church, school, home, you know, and kind of incorporating these topics. And I think you almost have to do them toe in with a lot of people because, you know, that, you know, woke is a bad word spiritual can be a bad word. And so you have to, I think, blend normal topics with the concepts that I speak about and kind of meld them together and make them accessible to everybody in an unintimidating way that doesn't seem hocus pocus. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, completely. I can totally understand that. And I think, cause I think when someone, I think spirituality can almost feel sort of like culty in the way that religion can at times. So I think it's like the moment you kind of say certain words or certain phrases or talk about things in a certain way can cause people to shut down if they have that preconceived notion, which is understandable. Cause I know like personally for me, certain things cause me to do that. Yeah. I do think having worked with you and kind of been on the other side of what you're talking about though, once you kind of start to peel back that layer and you kind of like peek through, it's really difficult to sort of unsee after you start to kind of awaken to a lot of of the spiritual pieces and the energy and just like feeling it personally. I think it's really amazing once you can start to let yourself blossom into that. So I think that's something that so many people can benefit from. And it's not like this thing where, okay, so you, you know, we're starting to talk about that. And that just means I'm going to, you know, be like worshiping some X, Y, Z. No, it's super applicable to every moment of your everyday life and just living a happier life. Yeah. Just having like feeling not so defeated or in a state of want and worry that there's this man in the sky who is just like angry all the time and trying to get back at us for all of our wrongdoings that only the church can save us from. Or, you know, that we are victim to our programming, aka we're victim to who we've become And it's like, no, actually, you can change that and and switch that up at any time. But we think that we are stuck with our thoughts, that our thoughts are who we are. And, you know, when I tell 20 somethings, like, you don't have to listen to your brain. You're not your brain. It's like a light bulb moment. It's like I've literally shed light on something that they can't even believe is so simple you don't have to listen to your thoughts because your thoughts are not you. You are the listener of your thoughts. And to tell that to a 20-year-old or you know, even a 40 or 50-year-old is mind-blowing. It's a new concept. And you know, I will actually have some people on social media that's like, you can't say that to people, you know, like what if they have split personality? You know, the one one hundredth of one percent of people that have split personality that I could be telling that to that could cause them to have dissonance because of that. I, I'd rather tell the ninety nine point nine percent of the people that really could use that that concept of holy shit. I don't have to listen to my thoughts. My thoughts that say I'm fat. My thoughts that say I'm not good enough. My thoughts that say don't start that career. You'll never make it. Like those are thoughts that go through people's mind and they think that they are true. They don't understand that they're the listener of that thought and that thought was put there by someone else, be it society or their parents or a friend or whatever. And when you tell someone, when you teach someone and they truly understand this concept that, hey, I can shut that voice down. To me, that is a turning point in someone's life that changes the trajectory of their family, of their health, of their success. And I'm not sure, you know, it's sad because it's like the negativity, the politics, the celebrity, that is so loud right now and has always been so loud. And that's not helping anybody. And I think that's by design. Like if people were actually privy to some very simple tools like the voice in your head is not you. It would be so transformational to our planet. But I think that, as we say, the powers that be don't want that because 
they benefit politicians and governments and churches, religions benefit from us being a victim to our own minds and a mm-hmm. victim to our thoughts and a victim to an eternity in hell that benefits people in power. And if if the general population were to recognize how powerful they actually are, that they can change the trajectory of their life in an instant. I don't know. I think people are would be afraid of that. And I, I've actually had very normal people comment on some of my videos talking about these types of things like, we can't have everyone that powerful. It will be to this, the destruction of our governments and nations and whatever. And this is what keeps people in order. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of that that's true. But um, I also think that, you know, the the weakest one of us is how weak we are. We're never going to be a nation that is powerful ever again when we're letting people literally starve in the streets and die of drug addiction. And to actually empower these people that they don't have to live in this way is not financially beneficial to insurance companies, to healthcare systems, and therefore to governments and and the wealthy people. Yeah. And when you're talking too, I just keep thinking about how, you know, you're saying some people are like, oh, this is a new concept or these are, you know, things I've never heard. It's like blowing my mind. But it's also extremely ancient wisdom, I think, that has been so, I mean, we've been trained to forget, you know, there's so many parts of this world that have been kind of buried and hidden. And they're not hidden if you look for them, right? You can find them. But in our modern society, it's kind of buried under all the bullshit, all the media, all the societal programming, going to school, telling you what to believe, all of these things where I would say personally, I think probably like Buddhism is a a very close kind of like a parallel, if you want to call it a religion to spirituality in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. depending on kind of what parts of it you take, right? So there's this ancient wisdom and it's it's almost like I feel like it's bringing it back and and you have a really beautiful conduit to be able to do that on such a personal level. So I feel like we're always kind of like rediscovering yeah. and relearning things. And in that, I'm curious right now because I feel like there's always sort of like layers, right? That that come off. Is there something right now that you feel like you're kind of being asked to work on with people or even with yourself or just in general? Like what is what would you say is like the focus right now that you're seeing and feeling directed to or learning? So when I look at something that I need to do next, it's always going to be what am I most afraid of? Because that's the step, right? That like a couple of years ago, my fear would have been making videos and putting myself out there. I'm not looking perfect to make the video and I have an eye appointment after this. So there's zero makeup on my face. Like I'm over it. You know what I mean? So like what used to be a huge fear is now so benign in my life. And so I kind of look to what is coming up for me that is a fear. And so I originally I'd planned a retreat July 15th uh, or 14th through the 16th at the, at the Island House. And then I just like, there's been so much that's come up. And so I'm pushing it to August. I think we'll be ready for it by then. And, you know, some people were like, well, that sounds way too Zen for me, you know, like in emails or, oh, that's exactly what I need. So I'm kind of like re like kind of figuring out what it is that's going to serve people attending the retreat more. 
And like, I kind of feel that maybe it's going to be a blend between throwing axes and archery and sound bowls and yoga. I think that we, instead of being like this super Zen yoga retreat, I think it needs to be a blending of like empowerment and um, education, you know, with, um, you know, with workshops and so on and so forth. So leaning into that, right. So that's in my mind. And so my fear is, is the constant what ifs, like, what if they people don't like the food? What if it's not like, so I have a lot of what ifs because I kind of tend to lean into perfectionism. Like it has to be absolutely perfect before someone can step foot on this property. And so that then creates anxiety. And then that makes me want to just not do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think at this time is getting kind of like out of my own way. And as I'm saying that, it's like, you need to see like that, what you think isn't perfect, other people think is awesome. What you think isn't ready is like more than ready to other people. So kind of like getting out of the way of it having to be perfect, whatever that looks like. And I see myself just showing up, just showing up. And maybe it isn't perfect. Maybe it's 95%, you know, or maybe the yoga instructor doesn't show up and I have to just tell people, hey, the yoga instructor backed out or whatever the thing is. I think just being there for people and I'm seeing that and I've seen that in just interacting with my guys on the island project of how much a difference that I can make in people's life by just being with them, by Mm. just kind of talking about things or bringing new concepts to people. And so it doesn't always have to be tied up in a bow. It can just be the presence, being present and having conversations. I, I know that over the last year, like you and I have talked about, I used to be a housewife that did this job. And so I tried to play normal on television. Like I'm a normal person. I just happen to talk to dead people and channel messages and be psychic, right? And at the end of the day, I'd be kind of tired because I was I was popping in and out of who I truly was. And so then I just went like, okay, this is who I am. This is who I am all the time. And I'm going to define what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm going to define what that looks like, but I'm never going to make myself small or like a party trick. This is just who I am and what I do. It's a part of the sinew that is me. And inside of that, I have then been pushed that, you need to speak up because usually in my past, I've been like, unless I'm invited in, I'm not going to speak up. I feel more called recently to impart wisdom, I guess, or impart what I'm seeing with people in the immediate instead of just sitting back. What does that look like? Can you give an example? I mean, is it as simple as like literally if you're, is it like if it's like a stranger kind of situation or is it more when you're engaged with someone? probably more engaged with someone like it would like I still don't find myself that I would ever like just you know like I always say walk up to someone at Starbucks and be like hey your mom's here (laughs) like I just think that's super intrusive do you get those messages though no but I also have a deal with spirit of which you know one of my mentors has told me that I should get rid of that deal because I would be getting way more messages and downloads all the time but I don't know I don't know if that's conducive to a normal life where I'm like walking through Target and it's just like, beam, 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 message, message, message. But 
what she had said is, you know, like you have to understand when you put those blocks around you. And of course, I'm breaking out in a complete sweat right now. Um, when you have those blocks around you, you're blocking more than you realize. You know, you're blocking a lot. Mm. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now, like really kind of trying to redefine what it means. I had a really rough day yesterday and there's a lot going through my head because of it. We lost one of our team members at the island. I got a phone call yesterday that he was found deceased yesterday morning. I'm so sorry. Thanks. And uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks and, uh, and it's still profoundly horrific and sad. And he was literally one of my right-hand people for the last five weeks. And I spent eight-hour days with him, five days a week, coffee in the morning and going out to dinner at night together. And just last week, you know, just laughing and talking and, you know, the whole thing. And he's very special to me. During our last dinner together, he was talking about things and I felt compelled to speak up about it. And I didn't. And I think I really failed him that I didn't talk about it because I was feeling compelled. I was feeling pushed to talk about something that could have saved his life. And instead, I chose to mind my own business. And I'm not saying it would have made any change. But as we're talking about this, it's uh, it feels a little clearer that um, that's probably something that maybe needs to be a little bit more part of uh, my daily life is recognizing that 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 feeling of being compelled, mm-hmm. that that feeling of being pushed. Because people always say, Meredith, you could literally tell someone to fuck off and it literally, you could just get away with it. Like, you, like I don't know what it is about you, you know? And, and I agree with them. I agree that I do have an interesting delivery that I can say certain things to, cert- to, to most people that they understand is coming from a place of profound concern and love and with just the right intonation to not get punched in the face. <laughs> and... um. And I think that uh, that gift of that delivery, that gift of people being able to see my intention, my heart, and uh, my care is uh, part and parcel to what I need to maybe look at as being something that I need to uh, investigate how to move forward in that. You know, it's not like a matter of, even though in the past I have had people, you know, people that I knew and their loved ones had come to me like in dreams and whatnot. And I text them in the morning and say, just so you know, your dad was here. But I think that in the moment, and as I'm seeing it in my head right now, I think that in the moment of having a conversation with someone and feeling that that spirit compelling me to have a conversation and kind of touch the person, Like, that's what they're showing me is like to really like, just like, let them know that what I'm about to say is for them. Mm. You know, it's not my opinion. Like, this is for you. I feel like that could be a big step in my future in some way. Do you think being physically present with someone has anything to do with it? In what way? And just being maybe more like another level of sort of like being able to powerfully deliver messages, intuition, energy. 
Yeah, and as you're talking about that, they're showing that that's going to be a part of the island, and the steps from the island is, you know, I've I've talked about Gary V here. Like I just love him so much, and he's like, just do it, just show the hell up, stop making excuses, try stop trying to make it perfect, stop thinking everyone else is doing it better than you, just show up and just do it. And that's kind of what I'm hearing in my head, like just fucking open the doors. Just fucking open the doors and let people in and throw axes and shoot arrows and go on the boat and go out kayaking and talk about nothing and have a glass of wine. And it's not that goddamn serious. Yeah. You know, and just put yourself out there because like you've got great information and like this doesn't go for just me. It goes for all of us. Like just do it. Just show yeah. up. Just try. Just write the first chapter. Just sing the first, you know, lyric of the song, you know, whatever it is, apply for the LLC, whatever it is that you're wanting to do. And for some reason, I feel that mine needs to be packaged differently. And I think it really kind of doesn't. I think it really doesn't. The thing I keep thinking about too, is you're talking about like wanting it to be perfect. And then you're talking about less than and maybe more like ax throwing, like just some of the things. And I just keep getting this feeling like there's so much importance in the rawness that this is going to give to people in being authentic and raw and like a little bit fucking messy. Yeah. And messy, not from the sense of sloppy, but messy from the sense of like, just the rawness of life and how in getting in touch with those parts of yourself that are just there and that they can all come out and come to play. And I think there's something about that that really makes you feel like you're like alive, you know, like there's something in touching all of those parts where it's like, okay, yeah, like you're going to get cold. You're going to get tired. You're going to get, you know, this is going to be a little bit scary. This is going to feel like that. But then like recovering from that sensation and kind of like looking back on the things that you've done in those moments in those spaces feels so empowering. And I feel like that is what maybe is that is like an element that uh, you're talking about and that, that you can bring into the, into the folds here that will be so impactful. Yeah. I mean, cause like, think about it. I've been doing this damn Island project for how many weeks now, how many months I ain't done yoga once. I haven't done sound bowls one time. True, right. You know what I mean? My ass is digging in the dirt and pulling staples out of, you know, the floor from carpeting and and doing digging and sweating and carrying and putting beds together. Now, granted, no one's signing up to come to that retreat, but, (laughs) you know, are we trying to make it a little bit too hocus pocus and maybe we need to kind of implement all of it? Like, I am a strong believer in sound healing, you know, for years I've gone every month. So I am a strong believer in that. But like, is it just like maybe all the things? Yeah. You know, maybe is it like maybe maybe that's the thing. And maybe is it just being in community with other people and falling in the lake or, you know, learning how to catch a fish and and take it off the hook? You know, like that empowering moment, you know, because like I'm I'm like doing the research on this makes me want to cry. I'm doing the research on this retreat, right? And a huge cost of this is having all the food catered and making sure it comes in and everyone has options and all this shit. And I'm like sitting here like maybe part of it because it would be such a small retreat. And and I know like even if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm never coming to a treat, there's still a message here, right? 
maybe part of it is all of us kind of making the spaghetti together. Maybe it's like, hey, you're in charge of bagels. You're in charge of fruit. You're in charge of making the coffee. You know, you're in charge of setting the table, whatever. And working as a team because it is such a small group. We don't need it to be catered. We don't need it to to be so sterile. Maybe it is about like doing it together as a team and creating that that sisterhood or that that moment of we did this together and then we cleaned it up together and then we had a glass of wine outside by the water together and working hand in hand. I think that maybe when creating the July retreat, which I've since canceled or moved towards August, you know, maybe it was too sterile. Yeah. I mean, and when you're saying that too, I just keep thinking about how primal and like kind of beautiful it is to be a bunch of women. And this is not in any way like a gender role thing. This is just like literally like a primal feeling of like grilling out together, preparing things together, like create literally creation, like creating something together that's nourishing your bodies together. I think it's super beautiful. Yeah. And I think there's so many things that we take for granted too, that are so simple and we are moving so fast and we want everything so, you know, cream puffed that like all those little pieces can be so, you can take so much from them, you know, like all these things that we skip over, like making an amazing meal, like intentionally and being focused on it versus you know, there's a time and a place to go get a five-star meal and it's amazing and incredible. And, and, you know, I guess you can have the same experience anywhere, as long as you have presence and you go a a little bit slower, which I also think is a huge theme right now. I don't know if you feel that, but I feel like all of these pieces incorporated are almost parts of ourselves that we've like lost. It's almost like we have to find them again. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I feel like everything that has brought me to kind of this moment has been getting in it, you know, getting my hands dirty. Yeah. Because I, like someone asked me a while ago, like, why in the hell would you go to India for a vacation? Like nothing sounds less like a vacation. You're going to then to go to a third world country. Now, mind you, I stayed in Marriott, so let's not get it twisted. But I said to them at the time, I'm like, because my life is a vacation. Like I turn a light switch on, the light's there. I turn the water on, there's water there. You know what I mean? Like my life is pretty freaking ass easy, all things being equal. And so I want to go someplace where I'm challenged a bit. I want to be challenged mentally by what I see, by what I smell, by what I experience. I want to be challenged by the by the terrain and by the people and the religion and the way people exist. And I think that Perhaps, especially as we're watching post-COVID, during COVID, people leave, you know, the high rises and move out into the country to make their own almond milk. I think people are craving that part of adventure and back to basics and 101, if you will, of I don't want to have clean white gym shoes at the end of the day. I mean, like, do you know that there's a thing now where people put like these pieces of plastic in their gym shoes so that they don't crease when they walk. Yeah. Like my son wanted those for his Nike shoes. I'm like, no, you're going to crease your gym shoes. You're not going to walk around and create some weird arch foot problem. Yeah. Your gym shoes don't crease, you know, like what is happening? Like we've become like you're, you know, like so 
away from. And what I've found so much is that we need to get closer to nature. We need to get closer to the earth. We need to get closer to our capabilities instead of having everyone do everything for us and, you know, staying neat and clean and tidy all the time. Like it's okay to get dirty. Like I'm allergic to bees to the point where I really kind of need to go to the hospital. If I get stung, I have bees around me all the time. It doesn't even phase me anymore. It's amazing how sensitive we have become to being human that we're losing sight of what the beauty of being human is. Yeah. So well said. I think that's so impactful. I was sort of distilling down not too long ago, like what is sort of like what, and this is kind of my thing I like to do, just try to make things as simple as possible with a sentence or two. And it's like, what can I do that's just going to keep me engaged and happy in my life? And I came up with, I need to do something every day that that scares me mm-hmm. at least a little bit because that means I'm growing yeah, and I'm experiencing. And I think it's just like, you know, we tell like in, as parents, they say the w- way to build confidence in, in your kids is to let them do things by themselves. Yeah. Letting them do things by themselves oftentimes for them is very scary or at least a little bit, right? Like there's fear attached to that. And I think like breaking through like little bits of fear all the time is such a powerful way to stay engaged in your life. And I feel like that's a lot of what we're talking about right now is just like everything doesn't have to be so perfect all the time to where you don't feel fear, you don't feel pain. Like we avoid those feelings so much to our detriment, like to the point where we're like numbed out. And I think part of a, a lot of what you're saying is like, let's really get comfortable with like, with all of those parts and leaning into them so that we can feel like true joy and wonderment at the end of the day, because we have enough perspective and enough growth to be able to feel those feelings. And we, we have confidence in ourselves. There's a guy I can't think of his name. He's got like a beard and he like literally does ice plunges, which we were just talking about before we hit record. He does these ice plunges and he started doing it. If I'm going to remember correctly, I believe there's a Netflix special on him. Oh, Um, Yeah. And he started doing that. What was it after his wife passed away? And he started recognizing how he could be comfortable and, and learn to be comfortable inside of the discomfort and learning that he could make it through things that are uncomfortable. And as a society, like you're saying, we want it to be faster, cheaper, with the most amount of comfort possible. And like you said, there is a time and place for the five-star resort. But I also think that we have become so powder puff that we feel, and, and I see these comments on my social media all the time, like you've inspired me to go dig in my garden. You've inspired me to paint my kitchen. You've inspired me to go do the thing I've been putting off. And I think that that's kind of where we're at right now is it's, we've become so comfortable sitting on the couch and scrolling through social media and ordering Uber Eats and not being, not getting dirty, not failing that we're missing out. Yeah. 
you know, I'm afraid of horses. Like, and everyone's got the goddamn phobias, right? I'm afraid of horses. I'm afraid of flying. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of bugs. I'm afraid of this. I'm af- I hate dirt. I don't like being sticky. And it's like, think how many barriers to experience you are putting up when you have every phobia, every fear, hate everything, don't like everything. Going to the mall and shopping, as I've said here before, is not a hobby. That's no one's no one's having growth on the beaches of Turks and Caicos, right? No one has experienced expansion by sitting and watching television all day. Only through putting yourself in these new experiences are you going to get where you want to go. You have yeah. to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to be afraid, like you said, if you want to get to the other side of this. I had this conversation at breakfast with my husband yesterday. We were kind of talking about like eating healthy versus eating crap and like how you feel afterwards. And we were talking, we we're like, you know what's really interesting? If you think about it, you can put anything kind of through this test, right? Like for micro. Yeah, totally. Right. Like, so if you eat right, like a donut, your experience eating the donut, you, you feel good. Like it feels good. You eat the donut, tastes delicious. You're enjoying it. How do you feel after the donut has gone into your system and then gone, you know what I mean? Like right. So like just being aware of that and then you can kind of take that to anything. And I was like, you know what? I feel like the things in life that really are the things that bring you true happiness are when you feel good after you do them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you want to follow these things, like it can feel good while you're doing it too. But if you don't feel good after you do it, like if you're, if you have a hangover, right. That's not for you. There's a reason we have these kind of like boomerang feelings afterwards. And I, I was like, that's a really good kind of test to put everything through to be like, okay, like, do I want to be doing this or not? How am I going to feel afterwards? Which goes back to what I've talked about before, which is what you just said, the hangover, which is your spirit guides and your, your higher self trying to bring you back on path. Yes. You ate that donut. Yes. It was delicious, but we're going to give you the sugar hangover or the up and pant size, which you don't want, like which which someone may or may not want, right? And so that is our way to say, that's not for you. Right. Drinking, you know, 25 glasses of tequila, that's not for you. Spending money that you don't have, that's not for you. So it will always counterbalance with a negative to bring you back on path. That is why, like I've I've talked about that before. I feel that is why those things happen, is because that's your higher self going, sweet Jesus, no, stop, yeah. stop yeah. it. And when you know that you are in line with your higher self and your purpose and you know the direction you're supposed to go in, it it goes like stepping stones. There is no negative backlash from positive behavior, from positive mm-hmm. things in your life. Yeah. Well, and how often we ignore that, right? Like we go and we do all these things and then we wonder why we feel like shit and we wonder why things aren't working. And we're just, we numb ourselves out and we don't follow those stones, like you said. I mean, I think that's a huge, a huge piece where like, and, and that just kind of brings me back to that whole, like you touching someone, right? It's kind of like bringing the awareness back to that positive moment of like, okay, this is for me. 
and being willing to step through the door. I had a I had a pretty interesting experience this past week. So as we've talked about, I've been at the island um, for weeks now, very much, you know, when the guys leave, I'm alone, right? And then I came back home and Jim had to go to Tennessee for the week with our son. And I'm here with Emerson. Emerson's our 14 year old and she's always busy with friends and having a good time. And I love that for her. On top of that, as I've spoken about here during COVID, the drinking was insane every night. Every night, even if it was just a glass of wine or, you know, with friends, it's 10 glasses of wine or tequila or whatever else, like thinking it's like some freaking ass lifestyle. And since I started working at the island, it's like everyone leaves. Like, what am I going to do? Just go like, I personally am not going to down a six pack. Like, it's just not my my thing. I might have a couple sips and then dump it. To me, it's a more more of a social thing or making dinner. And if I'm not making dinner for myself outside of a salad, it doesn't seem like it doesn't hold the same value. So anyways, over the past few weeks, few months, I have cut back my drinking to almost nothing. And then couple that with the stress of the island and then couple that with the silence of being at home and having my husband gone and my son gone and my daughter, you know, having a good time and all of that. Um, a lot of different emotions have come up and I've had some difficult conversations with family members this week that I've noticed have been at bay for 40 plus years. These are conversations that have been hidden in my body, in my brain, in my memory, in my feelings for decades that I finally could not ignore anymore because the noise had been turned down so low. There was no noise. There's no island. There's no construction workers this week. There's no husband. There's no driving. There's no booze. There's no friends. It was a very, very quiet week. And because of that silence, I was compelled to speak about my feelings and voice my my feelings to a family member that I've been holding on to. And it went really, really well. And this goes to the, you know, the alcohol and the hangover conversation that we were just having. And I'm realizing through so much of our lives, we are making a shit ton of noise that is keeping us from healing. We're, you know, be it uh, shopping, other another addiction, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. There's there's something to silence. There's something to being alone in nature. There's something to working hard and getting out of the the chaos that is going to bring you because it has brought me closer to myself than I've ever been. And I got to tell you, it is painful and it is raw and it will like get you on the couch and it will get you completely fucked up at times, but it is so worth it. It's so worth it going down this path that I've been going down. And none of it has been through talk therapy. None of it has been through yoga or none of it's been through any of this. It's been through removing the noise and getting back to myself and and learning about myself by way of struggle, to be honest. And I think that it's like, uh, 
thinking about the, you know, people at war, you know, in, in, in wartime. And you're like, you really learn who you are when you're, you're in those types of positions. And I feel like, like I'm really learning who I am by putting myself in all of these different scenarios with different people and outside of my comfort zone. And so maybe that's, maybe that's the message in all of this is get out of your comfort zone, your comfort zone and being comfortable all the time is keeping you small. And it it might even be causing depression and anxiety. What would you say to someone who said, you know, you're giving this message because I think this is a really common thing that at least I feel like I see a lot is that people are like, well, no, like I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm just going to bury my head in this TV or I'm going to do that. Like, why would I want to explore those things? They don't feel good. You know, they don't see the benefit, I guess, to the short-term pain for long-term gain for a lack of better way to say it. Like, what would you say to that person? Who's like, I want to, but I'm afraid of the pain or, you know, I don't know how to stay present or any of those things. Yeah. I would say that if you are dealing with, you know, what we would consider like an anxiety or a depression. If you're dealing with um, drinking, you know, more than a couple glasses of maybe wine a week, if you're dealing with physical ailments, pain, chronic pain, autoimmune, if you're dealing with difficulties in your relationships, having a hard time sleeping, things of that nature, and you're living this powder puff life that you 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 think that you're avoiding it you're not avoiding anything first of all it's in there and it's bubbling to come out that and it, it is coming out but it's coming out in different ways than you don't recognize so i would say if people are like well i don't have anything to deal with if you're dealing with what i just talked about it's in there okay and it, it's important that you recognize that. And if someone's like, well, you know, I really don't want to dive into that because it's going to be too painful. I would say, I promise you that the pain that you're experiencing on a daily basis that is causing you to walk into your cabinet and grab a bottle of wine every night while making dinner or getting obliterated with friends or taking anti-anxiety medication or sleeping pills or your credit cards are through the roof. I promise you that living a life of authenticity and honesty and going through that with a counselor or a coach and getting it out and having those difficult conversations, the person that you will be on the other side of that will be someone that you maybe haven't seen in quite a while, which is you. I love that. And even so much as some of those examples you gave, I think a big one too, is just people keeping themselves. And I can speak from personal experience on this, keeping yourself so busy that you're not even giving your chance yourself a chance to feel and think. And that's just another form of addiction. I always say like everybody has yeah. an addiction. You just find like, what is your addiction? What is keeping you from yourself? Cause at the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, like I just can look around and it's just like it's kids sports like the parents around here, the kids sports or the overworking, you know, like constant working. You've heard a thousand times when you go on vacation, it usually takes you two days to just come down to be able to be present on your vacation. Well, why do you think that is? Because you are buzzed up on the daily 
and you aren't even present until the third day of being unplugged from your normal life. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about the fact that you are more you on vacation. That is probably more close to your authentic self outside of the buzz of your daily life. So think about it. It takes roughly 72 hours to get sort of back to yourself out of the buzz. Yeah. That's how buzzed up we are. Yeah. I love that. And would you say too, I mean, when you look at that person, let's say that's like, okay, I'm not going to do this work, right? I don't want to dive in. I want to stay on the surface. I just want to talk about fun stuff. I don't want to think about all that, right? Like sort of just the avoidant. Would you say when you look at that, if someone continues to avoid, is that pain going to manifest into some sort of a physical illness? Like, is that the next step when you, when you like check into that? What, like what happens next? Right. Like, because eventually my, at least my thought would be, and I'm curious what you think. I feel like eventually there's got to, something's, something's going to happen to get your attention. Yeah. Well, it was like, you know, before breast cancer and I was like, you know, I can do it all. I got it. I can do everything. You know, I never asked for anything that I needed. And so, you know, your body, your brain, your emotions will push you. And when you, when you don't listen, when you don't listen to the call, because remember our spirit came here to experience a human experience. So our spirit is more powerful than our human self, which is more powerful than our ego. So our spirit is more powerful than our stubbornness. All right. And if your spirit who wants you to be a whole self and experience all that this world has to offer, which means not being a powder puff, not just talking about shoes and purses and bullshit. Your spirit will insist that you heal, which means that it will say, okay, you don't want to deal with the fact that you put the weight of the world on your your shoulders. You don't want to deal with your inability to move forward in any relationship and you're stifled. You don't want to deal with the pain of your and trauma of your childhood. Well, are you listening? Knock, 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 anxiety, depression. Oh, still not listening? Okay, chronic pain. Okay, still not listening? Cancer. Okay, still not listening? Okay, well, we're going to kill you, meaning your higher self is like, all right, this one's out. We're pulling, we're pulling the plug on your spirit because you're not willing to do it in this lifetime. And so you're just going to have to come back. Because as you were saying that, they just were loud as can be. You're just going to have to come back and do it. So you can do it now. And that's how I see fear. So going back to your question, what do you see as being the next step? And I say, well, I lean into my fears because none of this is about retreats. None of this is about podcasting. None of this is about anything. Everything is about me deciding, are you willing to do the work that you were sent to earth to do? In whatever fucking form that means, are you willing to fucking show up through any means possible so that you don't have to keep coming back and doing this again? And so when I feel a fear come up, I know that that is a doorway to me leveling up and doing what it was I was sent here on earth to do, whatever that means, right? whatever that means. And so my higher self will insist on it by way of, I don't even know what. 
You know, if, if my higher self's like, Hey, you got this really great marriage, but you're not willing to put yourself out there because you're like, Oh my God, my husband needs me. My kids need me. Well, then we'll figure out a way to get you a divorce. We will figure out a way to get you out of this situation so that you will do that, which you came to earth to do because in spirit's world, my marriage doesn't mean shit compared to what I need to accomplish on this planet, to what you need to accomplish on this planet as a spirit having a human experience. That is the most important thing that you are going to do is your spiritual lessons and your spiritual focus of why you came here. And they will do everything possible to keep you right on your path. It doesn't mean if they have to kill someone. It doesn't mean if they have to get you a divorce. It doesn't mean if they have to pull you out of the job that you're in right now that you refuse to quit, even though you're miserable, so that you can finally get to the next job. It does not matter because the human doesn't matter at all and it matters completely all at the same time, which I don't know how that's always so true, but it's absolutely true. Everything matters and nothing matters and everything matters. And how is that true? And it's so true. And so if someone says, I just don't want to do it, you're just going to have to come back. You're just going to have to come back. There's no way around. The only way around is through. Mm -hmm. And so I can't be Meredith 10.0 unless I get my head out of my ass and stop being afraid and stop being a perfectionist and just do the damn thing already and host a retreat that people might be like, I'm kind of bored right now. And then I look at them, I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to just go to a bar and like get drunk? And they're like, yeah, let's all go just go to the bar. Like screw it. Or just get some bottles of wine here. You know, like, like, but I'm so in my head that it has to be like this perfect thing. And I think it prevents all of us from what we came here to accomplish. Yeah. Because you're not in that moment willing to be your true self, I think is the problem. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to box everything out to the point where you're, you're putting up all the little like fail safes to make sure you don't have to feel embarrassed or less than or whatever to make sure the experience is not going to disappoint you either, which is, I think something that we all do because nobody likes that feeling. And we talked about that. I think at the end of last episode too, like the feeling of being like ostracized, right? So it's like the thing that we always avoid, but I love, I love this conversation. I feel like the, the average person can probably relate to this so much, whether or not they have a spiritual background or anything, just like that feeling of kind of just being in that churning where it's just like, okay, it's the next day, groundhog day, going to do the next thing, put the next foot in front of the other. And you're just uncomfortable enough to be uncomfortable, but you're not so uncomfortable that you're actually making a change. Yeah. And it's I mean, like, but if you look back at your life, like you too, Allison, like when you look back at your life, when I look back at my life and you think of your most proud moments and when you experience the most change, when you grew the most, right? Like when we look back at that and listeners too, they were the moments that were really tough yes. and you prevailed. And they scary. were the, when they were scary and you made it through, when you had that difficult conversation, when you marched into your boss's office and finally quit that horrible job, when you broke up with the abusive relationship, when you did the hard thing and moved cross country and sold everything you owned or whatever it is, 
we're not looking back and go, oh my God, I grew so much when I was laying out in the sunless Tuesday. <laughs> You know, or when I watch television and Netflix all day, I grew so much. Now that said, I just watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary and it was excellent and it was really helpful. But you know what I mean? Like, I think we need to start looking at our past to help give us that confidence and reassurance of you're going to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. You can do this shit and you're going to be better off for it. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was a single mom and I had this house and one day I just woke up and I'm like, I'm going to build a pond. I'm going to put a pond in my little yard here. And it wasn't a huge pond. It was, you know, I don't know, probably seven feet by four foot. And, you know, it was like the little thing from Lowe's and whatnot. It had a fountain. And that gave me so much pride. And I dug that pond up and had someone come out and put electricity and put the rocks around it and cleaned it every like spring because it would be filled with leaves from the fall. But that damn thing was such hard work and gave me so much pride. How many times do you sit there and drink three bottles of wine and go, that gave me so much pride. I learned so much from myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or I went shopping the other day and boy, oh boy, I really just surprised myself with how awesome I am. Like we learn from those, those moments when we put ourselves out there. And I think that society right now tells us it's all about Hermes bags and Gucci gym shoes, and that's going to make you happy. And I'm here to tell you that it's not. Yeah. It might be nice, but it's not going to, it's not going to uh, challenge you in quite the way that you, you think you don't want to be challenged because you actually do. Yeah. I could not agree with this more. Yeah. I could, I could talk about this all day. I love it. I mean, it just makes me, it makes me want to, like what I'm thinking about right now is like, oh man, I got to like make my list. I got to make a list and I got to do all these things because, you know, and like you and I talked about this, like you say, you want to do all these things. And then there's the butt part. And you always say like anything after the butt is fear. Yeah. Which I love. And it's such a good thing to run stuff through. And it's like, figure out how to just, how to go through that second part of the sentence, you know, at whatever's after the butt, you know, like I, I want to move, but I'm afraid, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like, okay, how do we get through the second part of that? Mm-hmm. And just start playing with it. You know, it just makes me want to be like, all right, like where, what am I not doing that I know I should be doing or that I know I want to do and I'm not doing? It makes I'm going to tell like, you something. Like if you really want to push yourself and like, like try something new, it sounds so stupid. Go try using power tools. I know that sounds so like what, but like power tools or changing out a toilet or just fixing the flapper in the back of your toilet or doing things for yourself with with machinery or whatever that you've never done before. It is so empowering to like know how to do stuff and to I think to create and create in yeah. any way. You Go know, take a class. Like picking up a power tool or picking up a pen, right? And writing or picking up a paintbrush and drawing or picking up, you know, anything like any kind of, I think like if you can create something tangible and it's not something you're used to doing, I think there's an immense amount of pride and there's just something about it. I don't know if it's like comprises the energy of like what you put in or whatever it is, but there's something really amazing about that. Yeah. It definitely gives you, it definitely makes you feel empowered. Like, wow, I, I I didn't know I could miter corners. You know, I didn't know I could 
sew a dress or whatever. Like I didn't know I could cook a roast or whatever, you know, faster, cheaper and easier is, is definitely, I don't think the way to go. And I think we're, we're, we're slowly learning that in our society. And I love this conversation. So thank you for taking this time out of your vacation at the ocean to record with me today. I appreciate you, Allison. Yeah, I love it. So it's a nice rainy day to record. So I love a that. little, a little nuance with my Meredith. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you guys put yourself out there this week, go try something new, take a class, get a power tool, have someone show you dig a hole, plant a garden, whatever it is, but put yourself out there and see how it feels and let us know. And other than that, we will see you back here next week. Right, Allison? See you then. All right. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.